What's going on, Brunocchio? It's your boy Jerry, the TR Expert Washington here at General Fitness Company Studio. Today is Friday, July 29th, 2022. In my head, I almost said 2017, but I'm glad I said the right thing. But I said 2017 anyway, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> but listen, uh, today we're going to be talking about a book that I read earlier on uh, this week. I've been reading. I have read it, finished about half of it. It's called Stolen Focus by Jonathan Hari. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. I, oh, actually, it's not. His name is Johan. <laughs> so it's definitely not how you pronounce the first name. It's Johan, I think his last name is Hari. Uh, but he had a really interesting insight on our, on our focus and how it's been stolen by electronics, the Internet, and just like by the hustle and bustle of everyday life. And he's, uh, he had some insight on how he uh, got, his, <laughs> got his focus back, if only for a little bit. He actually went out to a... Uh, 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 internet vacation. So he went off the, the province town uh, Cape Cod uh, for three months. He rented a beach house and he talked about his uh, his time with not with, without having the internet. And he, he felt really good and he had some good insight. But he also mentioned that uh, when he made it his way back, <laughs> he pretty much reverted back to his ways. Uh, but he did have some interesting things that he did bring up uh, that he still uses uh, in his everyday life to help him. Uh, get his focus back because that's something I really feel like uh, we all would love to have back you know it just feels like we do so much in our lifetime but at the same time uh, we're not really as productive as we uh, would like to be you know there's a, a lot of data that shows that we're not as even though we are spending a, a lot more time at work we're not as productive as we once were uh, and that's because we've been we're distracted by so many things and I'll give you a uh, idea of what I'm talking about here in just a few moments so without further ado let's go get this episode underway season 9 episode oh, 80 yeah season 9 episode 80 uh, let's get this started and uh, what we'll call it uh, we'll call this one no time to dream let's go All right, so uh, today I want to talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> focus. Now, I actually just picked up this book called Stolen Focus from, uh, I believe his name is Johan Hari. I, I was actually uh, wanted to pick it up because I just felt like the more productive I feel like I'm trying to be, uh, the, it, in all actuality, I am working harder. I'm working longer, and I was just like, what is this? What is going on? And, you know, I do find sometimes that, like, I'm not as uh, focused as I could be, even though, I, and I, you know, because of that, I kind of beat myself up, say, you know, you need to focus. And, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan, a proponent of, like, you know, beating yourself up. So I figured instead of, like, beating myself up, like, figure out maybe a way that would uh, give me some insight into what is going on. And obviously, this is uh, not something that is just 
central to me. I know a lot of people out there feel like uh, they can't put their phone down or they can't turn their uh, movies off or whatever it is. You know, we all feel like we want to do more with our lives and, you know, and we end up just getting our, our focus or our attention stolen by one thing or another. So uh, in this book, it was really interesting. He uh, talked about how he needed a, uh, an internet vacation. Uh, so he went to Cape Cod and he decided that he was just going to spend three months uh, without a, without like internet or text message or anything like that. And it was pretty interesting because he talked about some things that he learned uh, from that experience. And uh, <laughs> uh, I actually didn't finish the book, but he was talking about how he was living uh, as he was back and he kind of started returning to those ways. But uh, there's some interesting points that I want to bring up here in, in today's episode uh, that I thought that might bring us both value because I know they definitely brought me value in reading them and I think there's something that can be uh, learned from this particular uh, gentleman's experience. So uh, first we, he talked about how we're moving too fast in life, you know, how we live in a world that's not really desi designed for us as a species. You know, depending on who you ask, we've lived at a minimum of 200,000 years. There's a lot of evidence now pointing to the fact that uh, we maybe, uh, you know, one version of us, I guess Homo erectus, or I don't even know, we Homo, Homo sapiens, excuse me, Homo erectus was before us. Uh, so there was like a couple before that. So the, the, the first, I guess, human like people lived about a, a million years ago. And they say like the first closest to us was like maybe 600,000 years ago. But, you know, this, this is probably not going to age well because science always, is always changing. So, uh, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, it doesn't really uh, change the story, but I just thought that was really interesting to think about how we, how we've been as a species for hundreds of thousands of years and over only over the past, like maybe hundred years have we changed our environment uh, so dramatically in that we need to adapt to it. So it's like, you, you can imagine it's like a natural disaster more or less that's been happening to us over a hundred years. It's not, but it's what would equivocate to like a natural disaster that's going on over a hundred years that is changing like the way we eat, the way we sleep, the way we communicate, it's essentially changing every aspect of our lives. And this is just the internet, you know? So we live in this environment in which like we were more designed to uh, go to bed when the, you know, the lights are out right now. I'm recording this and it's like kind of late. So I, you know, technically should have been in bed maybe three hours ago. There's a lot of things that we have in our lives that are just not necessarily uh, designed for who we are. You know, we're having this, this fast paced life in which we're like, we get up early before, before the, 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 the before dawn or right at dawn and we're, you know, rushing off to work, drinking our coffee, sitting in an office chair for, you know, hours on end and, you know, typing away at a keyboard in a hunched position. And so this is just not what we were designed to do. You know, we're designed to be, you know, foragers or designed to be hunters or, you know, we're designed to be, you know, shamans or whatever. But these are all people that are relatively active, you know, people that move around, people that uh, are more in tune with nature. So the most important uh, point I think he brought up is that uh, we're designed to analyze, or our brains are designed to analyze and differentiate uh, between useful and non-useful information. So now that we're so, you know, essentially, he, you know, this is all kind of centra centralized on uh, the impact of the internet, it, at least from what I gathered from the book so far, uh, we're 
bombarded with information, you know, like from uh, Facebook, Instagram, all of social media, all of the the, uh, the cable news, like we're and internet news, we're bombarded by information everywhere. Uh, so this has never happened in the history of our lives. It's very hard for us to decipher between useful and non-useful information. You know, it's like before we had, you know, our family structures or our neighborhoods or whatnot, and they gave us more or less what was the useful information. But now with so many, uh, you know, networks, so many uh, different viewpoints, it's hard to it's hard to find what is useful and what is not useful. Uh, so the best thing to do uh, is to slow down, of course. Right. How do you slow down? Well, one way you can slow down is actually just by starting your morning slower. You know, having a, maybe a practice that you do, like a breathing practice or a yoga stretching practice. Something that slows down your mind actually helps you improve your, your focus and actually increases your attention over time. Why? It's because you have that attention to this slow movement. You have to pay attention. You have to slow down and actually focus on something. So whether it's a breathing practice again, or a yoga practice, or whatever it is that you're doing that is like a slow movement or a slow practice that kind of regulates your breathing, regulates your body, it's a great way to start your day and it's a great way to actually increase your attention and focus throughout the day. Now the issue is, uh, I, I can already sense that you're probably saying you don't have enough time, which actually brings me up. So the next point is that we're trying to do too much at once and we can dispel the myth right away that uh, multitasking works. There's endless studies and piles of evidence that point to the fact that you cannot multitask. There are people that they've, <clears throat> that they've uh, you know, tested out and tried to see if they can multitask and there are people that are better at multitasking, but there's no way that you can multitask and get, a, get two tasks done in the same time or faster than you can do one task, take a break and do a second task. There's no evidence that you can actually get more things done or get things done quicker by multitasking. All you're doing by multitasking is spreading out uh, the thing, the, the actual time frame that it takes to do whatever task that you are assigning to yourself. So multitasking, it's out of the picture. So if you're thinking about like five different things at once, if you're trying to achieve five different things at once, make sure those things aren't time sensitive. So, you know, if you're having, uh, if you're having to wash the dishes and you're talking to somebody on the phone, that's one thing, you know, you can do that all day. But if you're trying to, you know, balance your checkbook, or you're trying to maybe do some quick math as you're paying some bills and at the same time you're trying to maybe uh, console a crying child, uh, you might want to think about doing one or the other <laughs> because you're going to mess up somewhere in those cases because those are time sensitive. You want to you know, comfort your child as quickly as possible and you don't want to make any mistakes on your, uh, on your bank balance or uh, paying too much or paying too little. Now, that's just off the top of my head, but uh, just to think, uh, you know, if you're doing something important, you should dedicate your energy to those things that are important rather than uh, trying to put half of your mind one place and trying to put it half halfway into the other. So the thing is that, you know, a lot of people think of our brains as like a computer. And in a lot of ways, there are. There are neural networks that are very similar to the, to the you know, those microchips and stuff like that, or those microprocessors or whatever you call those things, those motherboards, circuit boards. <laughs> whatever it is you get what I'm saying there's, there's a lot of similarities but what happened is that back in the days I think it was the early 1900s when they were uh, actually developed the computers to 
be somewhat similar to what we're doing today. You know, before computers were more like abacuses, uh, but uh, back in the early 1900s, they, they got computers to be able to solve simple formulas. And with those computers that got a little bit more advanced, that can solve multiple formulas, they called these uh, computers that can multitask. So they, you know, they kind of coined that phrase for uh, a little bit later on for the kind of the same thing is that when you do two different things, that's multitasking. But that's what computers do. Uh, we analyze completely differently. We don't analyze in the same way computer. Computers are completely logical. Uh, we are highly emotional, uh, not to mention we take in, you know, our, we have our historical context, our own history and background that factor into our decision making. Uh, so uh, we can't multitask. You know, there's a lot of different things that go into our decision making uh, that in some ways we make it better than how computers work and in other ways make it a little bit worse. So, you know, so we don't multitask. That's just not what we do. Uh, but we, what we do uh, that computers don't do is dream. And that's one thing that is a, a, a really big epidemic in our culture nowadays. You know, we, we don't get a chance to sleep as much as we did at, at, uh, as like our ancestors. As I was saying before, uh, you know, we have this artificial light, so we don't spend as much time in touch with nature and we don't really go to bed when, you know, when the sun goes down and we don't wake up when the sun comes up or before the sun comes up. You know, a lot of us aren't getting that, that necessary, as they say, uh, seven hours of sleep. I think when I was growing up, it used to be eight. I guess they subtracted it because they just realized that people just weren't getting it. So, uh, or it could be that we've evolved a little bit and uh, we've adapted to seven hours of sleep rather than eight. But I don't know what the deal is with, with, those ex with the exact numbers. I'm not a scientist. But what I can tell you is that there's some real proof out there that, you know, sleeping or lack of sleep is, uh, is detrimental. They say lack of sleep is almost worse than uh, smoking like 10 packs a day. Uh, and there's real reasons for that. Well, you know, for, uh, the first thing is obviously, as we know, uh, when if you had, if you've, if you've known or uh, a child or if you had a child uh, that has been, has not had sleep, <laughs> you know uh, that they go a little bit off the rails. And Sleeping helps you with your emotional regulation. See, there's a thing um, uh, called the uh, prefrontal cortex uh, that is is only fed when you're when you're sleeping. It's fed glucose when you're sleeping. But if you're not sleeping, uh, you don't get that glucose, and so it doesn't activate in your brain. So, for lack of better words, so uh, if you don't get this, your your brain's not your decision making is going to suffer because you won't have that. Uh, the prefrontal cortex as something that is helping you with your emotional regulation as well as your um, ability to foresee the future. You know, we have the ability to kind of like guess, make guesses of what could happen based on our past, past instances and, you know, what we just know about the environment. Uh, that actually gets diminished as you experience lack of sleep. Uh, so, Sleeping is also a way for us to uh, learn to deal with stressful events. You see, when you get to your REM sleep, you know, when you dream, your brain actually activates uh, specific instances uh, from maybe your past or maybe in certain ways what could potentially happen. And it helps you uh, deal with those things without actually having to release those stress hormones like cortisol. So when you dream or when you get, get enough sleep, you won't have as much stress hormones when you wake up because your body is going to be more adapted uh, to those 
to those instances, to those events, because you had those events in your dreams. So uh, that's go. I guess that also goes along with the uh, emotional regulation. You know, you deal. You're able to deal with the stressful events. Uh, you'll be more emotionally regulated, and you won't be, you know, ripping people's heads off because you had a lack of sleep. Uh, so. Uh, there's also literal health benefits uh, besides the glucose not getting absorbed by your brain you also have the uh, fact that your brain actually literally gets washed as you sleep uh, your brain gets washed by synovial fluid and it gets rid of those toxins those uh, memory eliminating toxins they say that uh, lack of sleep is strongly correlated is not necessarily proven but it's strongly correlated with dementia so you just want to think about this. It's worth it, you know, just to take your time, you know, like, and I mean that in a way, like, take it slow, but also take your time. Take your time back. Don't have it stolen from, you know, different, and I'm not saying to, like, stop listening to, to podcasts. Obviously, that's not, not my self-interest, but we, uh, we need a t uh, something to, like, you know, entertain ourselves. We do live in the 21st century, after all, uh, but, you know, these things that you can, uh, uh, put into play like you know uh, spending that time in the morning uh, really trying to instead of doing so many things at once you know setting time for each task and you know taking breaks in between uh, because you'll be way more productive that way and as and you probably be less likely to burn out because you won't feel so overwhelmed by doing so many things at once and of course you know get your sleep you know like t turn off your devices uh, they say two hours before you're ready to go to bed you know don't eat anything at least an hour before you go to bed uh, try to do as uh, best you can to stay with the you know natural sunlight I know it's really hard for you know even for someone like myself but you know the things that you can do to like make their your your day easier are right at you know they're they're available they're definitely something that we all can do it's just a matter of having the discipline to do it and I can you know as I said I'm right now recording this late, so I understand that, you know, discipline is hard to come by sometimes, but just having this knowledge, every once in a while you'll feel good about it, uh, that can give you uh, the game plan, the blueprint for how you can live a happier life and have a little bit more focus in your life, you know, because it's kind of cool when you can focus. So I know it sounds almost woo-woo in a way, it almost sounds like I'm telling you to do these, these silly things, but I mean, they're just, they're just so simple. And if you can just do one of them like at least once a week, you'll feel like maybe not a difference, but you'll feel better about yourself for doing those things. And that's what I'll end on here today. I really do appreciate you listening. If you want to, uh, oh wow, this is the third episode of the week. Feel pretty good about this one. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to hear uh, next week's episodes, you know, and if you want to make sure that you get informed and notified when they come out, yeah, feel free to uh, hit that subscribe button. You know where it is. I can't tell you because I don't know where you're listening on, but I know on Apple Music, it's on the very top right-hand corner. So uh, that does it for my day and does it for my week. I will uh, check you later. And as always, keep good company.